And there will be more wacky deep-fried cannibal mayhem on Malcolm in the Griddle next week. <laughs> and now... Grain of Truth Network, starring Hallie Goodmond, Tim Redmond, Vicky Kiriakakis, and Stacey Taylor. And now it's time for the Five Past Pie News. The news of what's circling around the world. Here's your anchor, David Innes. Good pie and sauce, everyone, and these are the headlines. The Melbourne Philosophers' Society intend to make an appearance at the races at Flemington, but ended up putting Descartes before the horse. <laughs> That's for the PhDs. Now, a farmer in Gippsland has been given unreasonable expectation on his hens to lay a dozen eggs per day. A, sp- a spokesman for the chickens say they balk balked at the prospect. That's, a, that's the sound chickens make. <laughs> Zoologists have now determined what it is that the fox actually says. It's mainly right-wing propaganda. And <laughs> a, a man who l- a, a man who lodged a clock in his urethra now has a dicky ticker. <laughs> More on these stories later. And now it's time to cross over to the boffins to present the opening of the envelopes. Yes, thank you, David. Uh, it's a beautiful day here at the Wesleyan. The sun is shining as if God, him or herself, is watching this wonderful ceremony. This is, of course, the first time where our players open up the envelopes for the first time to find out what characters they will be playing throughout the program. Stacy Taylor, a seasoned veteran at envelope opening, Hallie Goodman, uh, looking resplendent in her gown and sequins. This will be the first envelope of the season for her. Extraordinary. Tim Redman. Now there's a man with a long tailored coat and a five o'clock stare. He's just opened his envelope. Dashing as always. Vicky Kiriakakis comes from a long line of envelope openers. So she is merely continuing tradition. It looks as though our players have all opened up their envelopes. And so it's back to the program. To you, David. First on the Grain of Truth Network, we have Halley's Holistic House of Homessage. <laughs> so, light your scented candle, turn up the heat, and be ready to be put in, a ca- in the capable hands of masseuse extraordinaire Halley Goodman. Over to you, Halley. Thank you, David. Hello, and welcome. Let's all begin by taking a very deep breath in. 
really fill your lungs to capacity. Deep, deep breath. And when you think you can't fit any more air, and open your ribs and shove a few more molecules into the finite spaces of your bronchial tubes. Your lungs are the earth and the air is humanity. Now purge! Science may tell us that massage is useful in relieving stress, loosening tight muscles, relaxing the body and mind, and abating those ever-pesky creeping thoughts around the morose inevitability of death and our insignificance in the vastness of our cold and seemingly empty universe. And nothing matters anyway. Who's got any weed? <laughs> Today, let's put our mind over matter and treat ourselves to a personal, internal massage with our mind. We begin by closing our eyes and drawing our attention to an area of stress in the body. Maybe it's a shoulder, maybe it's the lower back, maybe it's the jaw. Yes, it's the jaw. Let's all draw our attention to the jaw. Hello, jaw. Hello, tongue. How, hello, how are you? Why are you so tense today? Is it those emails you haven't replied to? Maybe the constant reminders that the hundreds of thousands of humans are incapable of simple empathy. Or perhaps it was that sexual excursion you had last night with a shockingly girthy man. In any case, let's imagine some comfortable, gradual warmth filling the area, slowly relaxing the jaw, some warm, womb-like heat flowing through those tense muscles, hot, heat-like warmth, and tune your awareness to the reason you've been holding that tension. Maybe it's something, something you have been having trouble communicating. Notice your mouth forming the words you feel, the need to speak, and in your own time, speak those freeing words. <laughs> you, mom! <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Be well and don't forget to tune the universe to your aura and keep your soul body cleansed with the white light of the third eye and regular green tea enemas. Namaste. Thanks to Hallie Goodman, my muscles have involuntarily spasmed already. We now have some breaking news. Scandal has broken out on that famous annual Europe-centric competition. Yes, it's the Euro Liturgy Pope Contest. We have BBC foreign correspondent Paul Nasal reporting live from Kiev in Ukraine where this year's event is being held. It's an annual tradition for candidates from all the participating countries to do a mass in the host country. Whichever country's candidate gets the most votes becomes the next pope. Of course, Euro Liturgy is known for its outlandish costumes and strict Catholic dogma, but the community has been rocked as it appears that Russia has now backed out. Are you there, Paul? Yes, I'm here, present on the floor at the Festival David. Mm. Yes, now, thank you, Paul. Now, remind us, how does the Euro Liturgy Song Contest actually work? One must oh. conjure Lord Jesus himself with the tune. You keep singing until a man unshaven lays down before your feet and washes them. Oh, very good. Now, what have the local news have been reporting on the fact that Russia has now backed out of the Pope contest? 
Yes, 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 Russia has backed out. They're presenting themselves actually an atheist option. Oh, an atheist option. Oh, and what's the name of their atheist option? Uh, Bob. Bob, definitely. Well, but of course, on happier news, Australia is of course participating this year. What can you tell us about our representative Cardinal Sophie Sprightly? Ah, oh, well, the presence of a woman was shocking at first, but Sophie has really represented herself well. Now, I'm on to understand that you have young Sophie with you now, is that correct? I do, Sophie. How are you feeling? Oh, Bonza. <laughs> that was the song that she presented that actually conjured our dead lord. Bonza, Bonza, Bonza. <laughs> Can we hear a little bit of it now? Oh, it'd be a pleasure. <laughs> Bonza, Bonza, Bonza. Jesus, you're a ripper! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have our new Pope! We have our new Pope! <laughs> Best of luck to you, Sophie, and thank you once again, Paul. Pleasure! Okay. And now it is time for the Grain of Truth's very own quiz program. <laughs> the winners get pudding, the losers get mortgage debt. The rules are complex, but you all know what they are. We have two contestants vying for the pudding. Contestant number one, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is uh, Mar- Martha. 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 And what do you? And why do you want the pudding, Martha? Because I'm starving. <laughs> Absolutely famished. I haven't eaten a thing since Thursday. And now we speak to contestant two. Hi, please introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, hello, I'm David. I'm from Moorabbin. David from Moorabbin. Yeah. And uh, now, David, what will you do with the 10 litres of pudding that is up for grabs? Uh, I'll build a shrine around it and pray to it nightly. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's introduce our host, Gertrude Crunch, your strict and starch school mum quizmeister. She makes the rules. You have to follow them. We begin with round one of the quiz program. All right, guys, are you ready? Do you have your knee pads on? Oh, knee padded yeah. up. Yep, yep. you got your elbow pads on? Elbow padded up. Did you use the toilet before we left? Several no, times. Oh, shit. Great. Right. <laughs> I've got some. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, we're not turning back now. we got to just head straight into this game. I'm going to hold it. Okay. All right. You're ready for this pudding? Oh, yes. You know it's not vegan? Oh, yes. Is that a problem? No. Okay, great. Well, no, f*** vegans. Yeah, that's what. Agreed. <laughs> but watch your language because there's sorry, kids watching sorry. the show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. All right. The first question. Who took the prize in the first pudding-making contest ever in the whole wide world? Bzzz. Yes. Over here, on the left. Adam and Eve. <laughs> are you, are you, do you care to challenge contestant number two? No, that's an accurate answer. <laughs> I concede. Right. Adam and, and everyone doesn't, no one knows, in fact, Adam and Eve, the whole thing with the whole Garden of Eden, that was all about pudding. Yeah, wow, that sounds pretty legitimate. Can I hear from the judges? You are correct. It was Adam and Eve. Yes. Very good. That's one point. Thank contestant you. number one. Contestant number two. Yes, present. Are you ready for the next question? Indeed. All right. Next question. Who made the first gelatin from the pigs that were dead? Awooska! Yes, contestant number two. It was, in fact, Joseph the Shepherd. Contestant number one, are you willing to challenge this uh, answer? Joseph the Shepherd, Joseph the Shepherd. <laughs> Not Joseph the Carpenter. Oh, no. No, he had no gelatin-making skills. It was 
Joseph the Shepherd. Thank you for the specifics, contestant number two. Contestant number Nor one. was it Joseph the Cobbler. He was very good at making a shoe. The gelatin-based snacks. Oh, he was a mess. There's a very interesting tactic he's using here to confuse you, contestant number one. Are you willing to challenge? Nor was it Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You're making my brain bleed! Judges! Contestant number two, oh. you are incorrect. It was Jesus himself. We'll be back more with the quiz program after this. <laughs> now on the Great Truth Network, we have Mask for Mask, a masculine man's guide to masculinity. And we have Bunnies versus Brawn. Tim Redmond talks of us how rabbits outrow bunnies outrank buffheads. Over to you, Tim Redmond. Boys need men. Boys need men to show a boy how to be, how to become a man. But what does a boy do? Who does a boy turn to when his male role models prove themselves well to be less than catwalk photogenic? You know, the drinkers, the finger jabbers, the opinion makers. Where does the boy turn in such a situation? Well, he turns to Bigwig. Bigwig, the sergeant of arms from Richard Adams' wonderful novel of rabbits searching for a new home, Watership Down. Hazel and Fiverr and their cohorts are decimated by developers. They're poisoned and they're thrust out into the cold, uncaring world in search of a new place to live. They're vulnerable, they're terrified, and they wander and stray into the territory of General Woundwort, who is a Stalin-esque rabbit overlord, and it's his muscle his sergeant-in-arms bigwig that first intimidates the lost souls into submission, into joining this, uh, this terrible community. But Hazel, the leader of the, the band of rabbits searching for a home, while joining the new community to keep his rabbits safe, refuses to go along with the rituals, the violence, the nastiness of this new situation. And bigwig, in seeing Hazel refuse to bend to this treacherous yield, he learns something new. He sees something astonishing and he does the most remarkable thing. He admits he is wrong. Bigwig flips sides and eventually fights with Hazel and Fiverr against Woundward, defending the Overlord. And in this process, he discovers things about himself. He discovers nobility, self-sacrifice. He discovers courage. And in this process, as he reads it, so does the boy invested in the tale. Boys don't need men. Boys need good men. Get thee to a library, because bunnies trump buffheads. I have to admit that uh, has anyone else seen or read Watership uh, Down? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it as I've only ever uh, heard of it as being as um, uh, frightening for children than anything else? <laughs> what was your experience watching it, Stacey? Or well, reading it. Um, I've always thought... I, I shall step forward. I, I have an opinion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've always thought for us Gen Xers yeah. that we were tormented by rodents as children. <laughs> right. We had Watership Down. We had Mrs Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Mm. These were read to us at school and by our parents. Mm. Tortured rodents. Right. This is the very fabric of Generation X. <laughs> it explains my brain. That, look, that's very, very, very much true. Excellent. I'm just going to sit and rock now. <laughs> and now it's time on the Grand of Truth Network for a nature documentary. This week's theme is the examination of the species known as mums. Anthropologist Dame Denise Merriweather 
examines a group of mums located in a Northcote cafe. Over to Dame Denise Merriweather. And welcome to today's show, Mothers of Northcote. And uh, we sit here in our cafe, and there's, oh, yes, here they come with their prams, one by one by one, by one by one, by one by one, by one by one. My God, there's a lot of them, isn't there? Look at them all, uh, congregating and clumping into the, oh, out come the babies, out they come. Out they come, all on the towels, they're all on the floor now. This is wonderful, and sharing stories. Let us go close to one of them now and see if we can't actually hear a little bit about what their average day is like. Apparently Denby's gifted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cherise, stop sucking her Well, that's a development. (laughs) The doctors say her teeth are going to be perfect. Denby's gifted. (laughs) (laughs) And let's pull back from this mob and go and head over to another group of... Oh, there's toddlers over here. How wonderful. Lots of them all over the place. Running around, breaking things, making things fall. Oh, one of them's vomited. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) How lovely. Not sure what that smell is. Let's go in now, close by, and see if we can see what it is that they're actually talking. Jimmy, put that down. <laughs> we'll be back to this nature documentary <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> and now on the Grain of Truth Network, it's time for our legal drama that we call the courtroom drama. <laughs> On the last episode of Courtroom Drama, solicitor Mercy Hartfelt was appealing to a star witness, Bridie Jones, about the latest case, Turnips versus the Crown. They meet at a local park. Come on, work with me here. I'm scared. I feel for you, you know, I do. It's like I can, you know, your heart, my heart, I just want to do the best job I can, but if you don't tell me the truth, how am I supposed to actually defend you here? I'll tell you the truth, I just don't want to take the stand. Fine, we'll take it away. Now, just tell me, what happened with the turnip? Okay, but you didn't hear it from me. There was this maid with a hypodermic needle. She went through the crop and she blighted every turnip. It's always them goddamn maids. And what were you doing there? She was my mother, okay? She's my mom, okay? She's my mom, all right? All right, she's my mom, all right? Is that all right with you? She's my mother, okay? She bored me, all right? We'll be back to more courtroom drama after this. (laughs) And now it's time to return to the Grand Truth Network's quiz program. We're now on to round two with your host Gertrude Crunch and the two contestants. Let's see what they're up to for round two. All right, you guys ready to just use the bathroom finally? Yes. Right. Entirely ready. Yes. Thank you. Did you pick up your shoes? I know. I noticed you left your shoes in the in the walkway. Really dangerous. Yeah. No, I got them on my feet. Thank they're you. On my feet. Great. Of course, this is Martha Martha versus David from Marathon. Bring it. Contestant number one, this is round two. It's starting to get really hard questions now. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, question number one. These are no longer about pudding. 
for a biscuit and a quiet word. Biscuit. Quiet. Biscuit. Quiet. And I'm joined today by a Monte Carlo for a quiet word. Today's atmosphere is provided by the Melbourne State Library. The State Library, with 12% more ranting pavement lunatics than ever before. Good morning, Monte Carlo. Good morning. Hmm. Now, we all know about the Monte Carlo, the delicious tea time treat, but very little about the biscuit inside. Did you have a good upbringing? Oh, I had a wonderful upbringing. Tell us more about it. I was filled with joy. Filled with joy. Little pockets of joy. Oh, so By you, my mum and dad. Oh, were your mum and dad also Monte Carlos, or were they other types of biscuits? They were other types of biscuits. Oh, what were they? I am the meeting of two biscuits. Yes. With creamy joy in the middle. Oh. And if I may ask, what was what are those two biscuits? Yes, you can take that metaphor and that can whatever you know. <laughs> I, um, may I ask your mum and dad which two biscuits are they? Buttersnaps. They were, they were buttersnaps, two different types of buttersnaps. Correct. Oh, very good. One now, was slightly oddly shaped, but we didn't body shame her. <laughs> and, uh, fabulous. Now, um, may I ask, how did you get to be picked as part of the assortment creams? Was it an audition process or were you just lucky? I just happened to be wandering by, singing to myself in the city, mm-hmm. and uh, I got picked up and put in a bucket. But there was a bucket. It's a bucket collecting process. <laughs> I, actually, I've been kidnapped. <laughs> Could someone send out a message, please, to my mummy and daddy? I don't actually know where I am. <laughs> well, how delightfully terrifying. Um, but now you are. I'm about to be eaten. Seriously, people, you're laughing, but it's actually quite serious. Well. 
Well, you are probably the most popular of the assortment creams in the packet. What do you credit your success to? I think it has to be my sweet nature. Well, yes. <laughs> the fact that I'm just so lovable. Uh, but in fact, as you can probably tell, it's not always a gift. Sometimes it's a little bit of a, a curse, such as when one ceases to exist as one has been bitten in half. Oh, right, well, now do you get along with the other biscuits or is there competition? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, sure, yes, no. I love everybody, except perhaps for, um, what is that stupid little biscuit with the chocolate inside? What, the Kingstons? Right! <laughs> You're stupid! Oh, see, we're lucky we've got Kingston here, huh? <laughs> I see you, Kingston! check in at Bunnings, where Cheryl in the paint department is trying to help a customer with his choice. That customer is, is of course, TV's Columbo, as played by Peter Falk. Uh, my wife would, uh, she wanted to plant some sort of tree, and I understand to plant a tree, you gotta create some sort of receptacle the ground to place that tree. So I'm looking for an implement that can create such a receptacle. Do you, under, do you understand what I'm saying to you? Uh, yeah, are you looking for a bucket? A bucket. It's interesting that's the word that you would say. You understand. Because I had wondered if perhaps you would recommend me a shovel or a spade. Why do you suppose it is that you said bucket to me, Mindy? The name Cheryl is on my badge. And you said receptacle. And I think a bucket is more receptive than a shovel. Ah, there's just one more thing. <laughs> I'm going to need an implement to make a border around the said shrub, too. What would you recommend for such a border, Cheryl? We have this roll-out pre-prepared fencing. Pre-prepared, you say? I did. Interesting. And we'll catch more of Columbo. segment on the Greater Truth Network. It's time for our radio call-in segment, Drive Time with Gail Ghosty Hardlight. I'm your producer, David Innes. And now Ghosty died back in 1993, but she didn't let her corporal existence stop her from being the biggest shock jock on the callback radio scene. She celebrates 25 years of being on the callback radio, 24 of those as some manner of ectoplasmic entity. We tune in now to Ghosty, who has an issue with the unemployed. Ghosty. Ah, 
bludges. <laughs> what do you think? I've got someone on the line that agrees with me that they should be taken out the back and shot. Hi! Caller 1. We have Caller 1 who is Dulcie McLeod from Reservoir. Dulcie, what do you think about the unemployed? Uh, g'day. Uh, g'day, Dulcie. Nice to have you on the show. Oh, so good to be on. I've been a big fan of yours for ages and I really love what you have to say about things. Um, Did you like me pre-death or post-death better? Uh, you know, I can't really choose, like, pre-death... <laughs> Pre-death, you were just so sexy, but now, post-death, you're, you're even better. Like, I just think you're rocking the afterlife. You have a question or statement about the unemployed. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Yes. Shoot them all! <laughs> That's what I want to say. Shoot them all! <laughs> and I like that because you agree with me. A yeah. classic response from Reservoir. <laughs> now we have caller two. We have Derek Spitz from Brunscote. Uh... Uh, Derek Spitz, uh, will you have you got an opinion about the unemployed? Help me, Derek. Got ghosty. Yeah. First time caller, long time listener, <laughs> all the time fan. Good to have you on the show. A question: Have you not ever struggled? Do you know what it's like to not have stuff? I know what it's like not to have a body. <laughs> <laughs> I know struggle. And I've worked hard every day of my life and afterlife. What are you getting at, Dezza? I'm saying you're corporally unemployed. <laughs> I think we can cut this one off. There's, no, we're I don't we have. We've cut. And finally, call of three, we have Carol Rosenberg from Elstonwick. Carol, what are we, uh, quick response to the unemployed crisis, Carol. Yeah, um, I just feel like people without jobs should just like go and get them. I'm like, what's the big deal? You're singing my song. Just go get a job, not hard. And that's the end of Drive Time with Ghosty. <laughs> and now we just have time to check the Middle Ages weather forecast with the Boffins. Over to the Boffins now. Yes, thank you, David. Uh, we have a renaissance uh, slowly creeping in from the south uh, with some art moving in from the east. There's a small chance of showers, so hygiene is minimal. Uh, it's adv highly advised that you put a cross on this weekend as the plague is expected to come through. Either way, David, looks like a good weekend to stay indoors. <laughs> in indeed it does. Well, that is all the time we have on the Grain of Truth Network. After this broadcast, you'll be able to see the winning entry of the Euro Liturgy Pope Contest. This episode features Hallie Goodman. Tim Redman. Vicky Kiriakakis, Dr. Stacey Taylor, Boffin supplied by Brendan Jelly, Station Identities Christian Bazzari, Venue provided by the Wesley End, Puns vetted by Asher Cameron, Theme tune composed by Matthew Hedgraff, find us on Facebook and Twitter, my name is David Innes. And now sport.